They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Welcome along to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and I'm joined tonight by Steve Tancock, who you may know from his excellent somersetnorth.co.uk blog, where you'll find his musings on all things Somerset. Steve, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you, mate. A bit damp after yesterday, but still fine. Yeah, not as damp as the Warwickshire outfield. We're uh, recording this uh, the day after... Uh, a somewhat damp squib of a finish to uh, the Bob Willis Trophy game up at Edgbaston, which uh, finished in a draw due to a wet outfield. Um, what did you make of that, Steve? Uh, I have to say, I've, I've never watched a Super Sopper with as much interest for an hour as I did yesterday afternoon. Um, I think it was the right decision to call it off because it looked like there was heaps of water on the outfield. Uh, it was just so frustrating. You could just tell when... Tom Aiden was out talking to the umpires from his body language, what was happening. But it was so frustrating. Just to, as I said in my post last night, we gave them a complete thrashing. We got 16 points, they got 11, which doesn't seem very fair. No, definitely not. I think uh, Bumble's quote of we flipping murdered them um, <laughs> yes. jumped, jumped yeah. into my mind. Um, it, it does seem a very odd... Um, situation with with the laws of the game regarding player safety in that okay there would have been wet areas of the outfield but we could have had nine slips in a short leg and not gone anywhere near yeah. or had to even yeah. walk across those areas very no, no. frustrating I, it's just the, you know trying to be objective you've got to feel for the umpires a bit i think compared with that essex game last season where the last couple of days was a complete farce with the umpires. They had no intention of playing. I think the umpires did everything they could. It just, when you saw that groundsman holding one of the tarps up to keep the water from going off onto the edge of the square there, you knew that that storm that had happened about 3, 3, third, just too much for it. After the rain they'd already had. So, you know, look. It could have turned out the other way on Sunday, Monday. It looked like we were winning our game. The others were all going to be rained off. But I'm not too down about it. And I'm, I've said it here and I am not jumping on the we declared too late bandwagon because everyone's leading up to the game on Saturday and Sunday was we've got to get runs, we've got to get maximum batting points. Um, we left nearly five sessions for that bowling attack to get ten, mm. nine wickets. And the weather beat us. Hey, it happens, you know. Yeah, the, the, too long. the way the lads have been bowling five sessions should have been enough. I did actually have a have a quick look, and it, we batted on for about two overs and two balls after yeah. um, yeah. after we got to four hundred. So odd. yeah, so not not an excessive amount, but if you really were nitpicking, you could have said, why didn't we just pull out straight away at four hundred? Yes, but hindsight so I think is declaring at three fifty or at lunchtime was wrong. I think they were entirely right. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing in that it respect. Is. So. Yeah. And last week, Worcestershire declared too late and didn't beat Glamorgan. So, you know, it swings around about, isn't it? Absolutely. So that, um, going to the, the Bob Willis Trophy table then, um, we are second behind Worcester um, 
on 56 there on 57 and then if you have to look at it in the context of the the three tables kind of being one table if you like with the top yeah. two playing off in the final Essex look like they're running away with the uh, is it the southeast group uh, or the, or the south next, group though. Hampshire could do Hampshire Arundel might be interesting absolutely yeah um they do look the the, the form team to beat to beat though um they're on 61 at Hampshire would be... Can we call them Harmershire for the purposes of this podcast? It just make me feel happier because we... I do think they're a one-and-a-half-man team at the moment. Well, if you've got uh, if you've got a good one-and-a-half men, that's sometimes all you need. Uh, I know... Um, sorry, I'm just... Um, uh, tonight's uh, cider of choice is Hunts Hanson Bay, if, uh, if any of our listeners are interested... Um, I do try and uh, drink a cider. I'm going to try and drink a different cider every, every time we record one of these and uh, have some sort of I like your, I like your idea. have some sort of league table come the end of the season. So it's probably on a solid eight and a half out of ten. The hunts, uh, <coughs> the hunts, okay. handsome bay. Um, you can keep scores though, mate. I'm not going to keep scores. <laughs> okay, Steve. I will. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll try not to let you down. Uh, what are we talking about again? Simon Harmer. Six Essex sixty one Hampshire on on forty five so Essex looking favourites to uh, yeah. to win the the South East or the South Group or whichever one it is, uh, and then fifty seven yeah and Yorkshire fifty five so it looks like a shootout between us Worcester Derbyshire and Yorkshire to play Essex at, yeah. at, at this sort of um, midway well what we two thirds of the way uh, three fifths of the way through mm. uh, through the campaign. What did you make of, of the decision um, to stage county cricket in this format, Steve, in, in this sort of... I think of... it's great. I mean, we're all desperate for cricket, aren't we? So, uh, you know, to be honest, if, if it would have been us playing in Gloucestershire every week for the rest of the season, I'd have watched it and written about it. So I think it's really good. I like the fact that we're playing teams that we, we who have been in the first division longer than anyone else, let's just mention that as often as we mm -hmm. can, haven't played for ages. Um, I think it's it gives a new context. I like the way that you're worried about your division, but you're also looking at all the other results. Um, and I think I've, I've engaged more in all the other games this year than I've had for the last few years, because normally you sort of look at what's happening in Division 2, mm -hmm. but perhaps slightly snootily, you just look at Division 1, don't you? You would see how a Surrey getting on or how a Essex getting on. Yeah, and definitely. Uh, and then sometimes you're only looking at the teams that are immediately around you. Like last say last yes. season, we were at the top and we're not concerned about who's yeah. who's in that relegation dogfight to Div 2. No, I think it's interesting. I, I, for people who read some of my, my scribblings, no, I often hunt around the other games and listen to the other commentators. A lot of the other commentators will mention Somerset when they're doing the other results. Just say they look the teams beat. Oof, they're going well. All glad we haven't got them in our group. And I think that says a lot. I really do. And I, I think we can, weather permitting, we can win our last two games. It doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I, th I think you're absolutely right as well. So um, we've got um, the side from Bristol. I think they they seem to be now be. Uh, colloquially referred to that uh, starting at Taunton on Saturday and then Saturday week on the over the bank holiday weekend uh, we're up at New Road T20 then and then we go to Worcester the week after don't we we've got this silly gap which the EC 
Oh, that starts as well, doesn't it? Because it used to be the other way around, didn't it? We used to have a random championship yeah. game right in the middle of the blast, didn't we? That's right. Funny enough, it was Warwickshire. Last year was that game. Very spooky. So who's that T20 so, game um, against then? I, I've not looked at the fixtures. We've got we've got Northampton away and Warwickshire away are our two opening games. Then I think we've got our home game as well because you pretty well play every other day in the Blast hmm. this year. So, um, yeah, I think the first home game is, say, on the Thursday and then we play the Worcester game on the Sunday. Now, Anthony Gibson was saying that he's really worried that we'll go to Worcester in a, a shootout and they'll they'll have a road there because they'll just want to draw. Mm. And I'm thinking, hey, do you know what? I really don't fancy facing Craig and Jamie on the road with you know the medium pace trundlers that they've got. I think that would be a big mistake. So. And who knows, we might have Jack and, well, we should have Jack and Don back available by then. We should, yeah, with the test match, when's that next test match start? It's this week, isn't it? Oh, and then we Friday. And then the T20 start next Friday, don't they? So we're probably going to lose yeah. uh, Bance and Lewis. Uh, would they be available for the Gloucester game then if they need to get themselves yes, into the England bubble? available for the Gloucester game. Yeah, that's what, that's what they said, that they, they'll go after that game. Okay, so that gives them two days um, with the England bubble to get prepared for that T20 yeah. on Friday. What have you made of the other games uh, that we've had so far, Steve? So we started off with uh, wins against Glamorgan and, and, and North Hants. Um, the North Hants game, it was all doom and gloom after we were uh, shot out for 100 and was it 66. And then lo and behold, you don't judge a deck till two teams bat twice. Uh, we shot them out for, for 66. Had a collapse of Somerset proportions. Absolutely, in that yeah, uh, second inning. North had a collapse of Somerset proportions mm. in both innings, didn't they? It was just, I think the last five or six wickets managed about 20 between them in the whole game or something like that, which was absurd. Uh, North Hans, I think, are, are a lucky team who have come up last season. Um, I was surprised they did. I think. Lancashire you'd expect to come up but I think the rest are much of a muchness to be honest I think there's a big gap there um, and I noticed interestingly they virtually rotated the whole of the bowling attack between our game and the game they had against Worcester so they clearly don't really know what their side is um, and they were very critical of the pitch themselves there mm. for that game um, the Glamorgan game I thought that we played really good cricket for pretty much all but one session, which was the afternoon session on the first day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the old adage, you win sessions. Well, we've done, we did that very consistently there. We did it very consistently against Warwickshire. It was just, I think, Northampton was an outlier simply because of the pitch. Yeah, it was a, it was a funny sort of game, wasn't it? Yeah, just looking back at the um, at the Glamorgan game, yeah, so 296. It, it seems to, our games seem to have followed a pattern over the last sort of two or three seasons is where we all kind of get a middling score, either batting first or batting second, but we just seem to have the bowling attack to just tear sides apart for, you know, 120, 130, 140 every game. What we haven't really done until, until, until that Warwickshire game was bat big and get 400, which ironically probably cost us the, the game. If we'd have been bowled out for 250, we'd have probably won. Yeah, I was 
all during lockdown I was doing a retrospective on the site just to keep my sanity and also hopefully keep people entertained and I was looking at the 2018-2019 games and writing the match reports of those first couple of games I thought I'm still doing the retrospectives exactly that it was just like the games that we've seen for the last two years so we'll see would have been nice to uh, have won three, but you know that what happened at Warwickshire happened at Warwickshire. We can't uh, we can't do anything about that. What have you made of our top order so far this year? The new look opening partnership of Eddie Byram and, and Tom Lamanby. Oh, I don't know. Eddie Byram just frustrates the the smithery out of me. I'm afraid. Uh, I really like Lamanby. I think he's shaping up well, and I thought he did well last year. And the fact that he can bowl that left arm over as well. I think might be a little bit of an ace up our sleeve in seasons to come. They've obviously said to him this year, you just bat in the championship, don't you worry about anything else. Um, there's something about him, I think he's got something. Byron, I just, I mean, he's been around quite a long time now, and he gets to, you know, I actually said to myself on Sunday, or Saturday rather, great, he's out of the, I said that to myself, what do you do? Go out for third. Mm. He bats his average, doesn't he? Um, He's. So um, I've got this. I've, I've gone on and on about. I'd give. Yeah, yeah. And he looks so classy as well, you know. Just he looks a million dollars until he gets out. Yeah. That's the trouble, isn't he? He, make, he seems to be one of those unlucky batsmen. Makes one mistake, that's it. And he's gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd... I. You see, I I want Banton to open in the championship. That is a brave call, Steve. What's your thinking behind that one? Well, I don't think he can hit on average. He would do any worse. Um, I think he doesn't know whether to stick or twist batting at five. Um, he wants to get on with it. He's like, oh, I'm batting at five. You know, I've got really responsible pins or place in the batting order. Um, I don't want to mess around with Abel or Hildreth where they are at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's working quite well. Um, and if Bartlett comes back and slots in at five, I know Banton's going to go off and away. But what what have we got to lose? You know, if he was to come off against Gloucester, my goodness, you know, we could be going into lunch on the first day at 127 for one, 127 for two, or something. Even if he's gone for 70 or 80. You've, you've put yourself in a dominant position and I know it won't come off all the time but I think at least if you said to him go on, you go and play your natural game I think he'd know what to do I think he's that skilled that he would play, do it Do you trust him on a on a wet one at um, a wet one at uh, wet one at Canterbury in April um, facing Darren Stevens? Well, look at what he did at Guildford last year. We were 35-3 for three and him and Bartlett turned that first innings round in a very low scoring game. You know, and I know, yeah, he was coming in the middle order, but he, he's a generational talent, Tom Banton. Everyone says that. Everyone in the dressing room, people you, you hear talking about it. Um, and I think you've just got to say, you are an opening batsman. Go and do opening batsman things, you know. We look back at Trez, he got enough runs opening the batting, and he was in his prime, he was an ultra aggressive opening mm. batsman. He didn't necessarily move his feet, he was vulnerable to the moving ball early on. Did okay, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. He's got a yeah, just sort of run on. a few thousand runs here and there, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what we've got to lose, Ian. I really don't. Mm. 
I guess that's what their their thought with um, getting Lamanby up to open the baton is. We kind of we've got this hole of, of who are we gonna who are we gonna try. Well, let let's try Tom Lamanby. How how how's he done this year? So uh, five knocks, eighty three, best of forty one. So. Yeah. So he's done okay. He's had two decent. He had the forty one against Glamorgan and thirty three last week. And the North Hats game, he failed twice. But then I'm not going to chalk that against him. So I don't know. I, I think I'd, I'd love to see Tom open the batting in one way, but he doesn't seem to want to. And I think got to respect that. Mm. I think I'd I'd be inclined to keep him down the order. It reminds me a lot of of a Kevin Peterson sort of player that 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 middle order player who can who can take the game away from a side once uh you know once you've uh, got rid of the new ball and um also I think if he's going to be away with England a lot which which you know we don't want him to be but w- we hope he is for the for the sake of his career I think one area where we've struggled over the last few years is putting together a um a stable opening partnership that's going to be there f- um for the whole season I mean Essex last year just had one that was Cook and Brown uh, apart from there was an odd mm-hmm. night watchman. Well, I think we had about six or seven with various combinations of Trez, Azar Ali, uh, Muruli VJ, Tom Abel, uh, Steve Davis. Mm-hmm. Any more? So we don't seem to have that no, that stable opening partnership. And I think with Byron and Lamanby, they're going to be two guys that are going to be around, um, you know, around Somerset for a long time. Probably not going to get called up by England um, anytime soon. So. Should we stick with them? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that's Jason Kerr's thinking, and he's clearly using the Bob Wills Trophy to give them hopefully six games, but definitely five mm. if to, to have a chance. You know, I'm sure he said to them at the start of the season, you're my opening pair for this competition. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Um, yes, yeah, look at Eddie's stats for the season. So, yeah, five innings, 105, best of 30, averaging 21. So, getting in and getting out. Um at least he's getting in. If you're never getting in, that's a that's a massive problem. But he is getting in, and like you say, he just he just seems to be unlucky, and that one that one chance uh, just goes to hand, and he doesn't ever seem to get a life and yeah. and go on and make that that big hundred. He's capable of it. I mean, that knock against was it Middlesex in the T20 last year? I didn't think he had that in him. I thought he was you know just a a Billy Blocker at the top of the order. That was he's got so he's got the game to do it. He just needs to, like you say, get that bit of luck. So we've decided then that we're definitely going to win the the Bob Willis Trophy, come what may. Um, when yeah, the final is the finals. Somerset way though, you know, we're going to have to beat Worcester on the last day in a brunch yeah. chase or three wickets after tea. Yeah, and, and they'll get there. And they'll be. Do you know? Do you know? Honestly, I, I said it last year going into the Essex game, and I, I believe to my dying day that if we'd had a four days of decent weather, we would have beaten them at Alton. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I'm absolutely. Whether at the Oval, at Lords rather, I think we'd beat Essex in the final. I think I we would. Fear anyone this year? I really don't. I think we would as well. We were absolutely hamstrung for that um, Essex game at the end of last season. I'll tell you why. With that weather forecast, we needed to get a result in two days. And at Taunton, if you prepare a pitch to get a result in two days, they throw the chuffing book at you. So even if we had won the game, we did still have the points deduction. Were you there, incidentally? I, I I went up for the last well the last two days, which just turned out yeah, to be the last the, day. Is that third day was days. 
that third day was an absolute farce. I, I couldn't believe what was going on. It was it was misery, and every so often the umpires, Alex Wharf is a well, favourite umpire after he um, decided not to give Alistair Cook out when he's plum LBW. Oh, it was it was mad. No, it was it was really bad, and then I, then I, I saw Ben Warren, Ben Warren behind the pavilion halfway through the third day, and he just had that exasperated look on his face. It was like it's happening to us again, and I was like, yeah, I think we all felt that. You know, it was that it was a bit like the the Knox game a few years ago when we missed out on that bonus point, and even though we won on the third day, we knew that something was going to happen at Lords to deprive us of the title, and it was just that you know and then of course what happens rather than the fourth day against Essex tapering out what do we do you know we skittle them next to nothing and everyone says God can we bother them out in 45 minutes and win the title yeah that was it that was the the rule less than 60 and about 10 overs it just felt that we could do it you know there was such a buzz after we like you say we just skittled them you know, we took the last seven wickets for, for next to nothing, but uh, it wasn't to be. But it, it was nice to be there um, to say or to see Marcus Triscothic's final appearance as a, as a Somerset player, albeit as a as a late substitute. Um, I've met Marcus a couple of times, done a few uh, functions with him and benefit games. He's just one of the nice guys of cricket, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think his legacy will be how brave he's been in talking about the issues he's had as well you've got to you know got to admire anyone in the public eye for doing that hugely absolutely i mean it wasn't it, it was marcus wasn't it that um that first sort of removed that that stigma about talking about mental health in sport i can't, I can't remember of any yeah. anybody else doing it before um he um, he had his issues in 2006 7 and um retired from international cricket it was so brave and and just to lay it all bare in his book is um, was fantastic. The thing, the thing is, you know, I, I write about my dad a lot. You know, God rest his soul. But I was brought up going to the games and him telling me about he'd seen Gimlet and how great Bill Alley was and all these people who are to me mythical figures who I've only read about and seen the black and white photos and the old little bit of video. And there'll be generations to come, you know, who will be sitting at the county and say I saw Marcus Gothic open the batting for Somerset and people will just go wow he's one of those players that I think in, you know, if Somerset cricket goes on another 150 odd years I think you'll say he will be right up there forget the stats just right up there for everything he did for Somerset cricket and continues to do I don't know if you saw that video clip of him in the, the dressing room or one of the hospitality boxes they were using Edgbaston and he's still like a 19 year old celebrating a wicket and everything and it's, it's just great to see absolutely great to see Was that on the backstage pass WhatsApp group? Uh, it was but then they, they released it on the main site a bit later I'll have to, uh, I, d I did see that actually yeah he did look like he was uh, having a good time yeah, so it's going to be the Marcus Truscothic Pavilion. That's going to be um, the new name of the Somerset Pavilion. The Marcus Truscothic Stand is going to be renamed uh, the River Stand. We're going to have a, an opening Good. ceremony. Um, I think that's going to be next year. If you are a hero of 2020, we'll come on to that a bit a bit later. Your name is going to be um, 
it's, it's going to be put on a portrait of, of Marcus. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but I'm sure they, they've got it all planned out. Um, actually, should we talk about that now? So that was announced a few, about six or seven weeks ago now, wasn't it? The donate your membership to become a, a hero of 2020. What did you, you make of that when it was first announced, Steve? I, I saw both sides. I sort of, you know, we, we can all say, well, we know who all the heroes have been of the last few months. Um, but equally, when you listen to Gordon Hollins talk and explain it, you've got the logic behind it. And uh, one of the things he said on that, that we don't know how the ECB funding is going to pan out. What's come out in the last few days is quite worrying. That I think the ECB might be saying, sorry, guys, you're not going to get as much money as you thought. So uh, my way of thinking of it, I, I don't pay my membership on the basis of I'm going to go to this number of games and that would cost me this. It was cheaper to get a membership. I'm one of those sad people who renew my membership the day it opens because I know how important cash flow is to the club and it's my club. That's, I was born 100 yards from the ground. You know, I believe maroon, black and white. It, it is everything to me. Um, with a passion that just talking to you now makes me feel emotional about it. So anything that I can do within reason and I've sort of thought during lockdown this is going to happen. You know, being an accountant, sadly, you think of those things. And I said, whatever happens, they can keep my money. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was yeah. thinking exactly the same. There was a lot of rubbish spouted on all the Facebook groups and everything about, oh, Worcestershire are doing this and Warwickshire are doing this and why can't we have half a refund and, and why haven't they told us about what's happening with the 2020s? It doesn't matter. Just wait and see. The, you know, the, the, the advice was changing daily from government from ecb we didn't know whether we were going to have any cricket at all we didn't know if we're going to have, have crowds in so i i think i think what they've done is is absolutely fine and as you said that that q a um with gordon hollins which i think was a couple of days before the first bob willis trophy game um yeah, i've been I've, before the first game i've been i've been impressed with with him when he's, he's spoken on a couple yeah. of q a's on on zoom that i've been on um he spoke very well after the the second Q and A. Um, he gets Somerset, I think. He gets what we are. Um, I think he said he wanted to come to to Somerset. He wanted that CEO's job. If you if you weren't aware, uh, listeners, he was previously was it the head of county cricket at the ECB. Managing director of county cricket. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and he said he wanted to come to ta to Taunton to Somerset because Somerset and Taunton are unique. Cricket is, uh, sorry, Taunton is unique because cricket is, um, I've stumbling up my words. Let me start again. Taunton is unique because Taunton is the only county town where cricket is the biggest sport in that town. Somerset is the only county where cricket is the biggest sport in that county. Okay, you, you've got a Premiership rugby team in Bath, but that's kind of not really Somerset at, at the moment. I think he gets us. I think he gets what we are. I think he said that we are slightly different from every other county in that you've got the big clubs with the, with the test match grounds. You've got the smaller clubs that don't host international cricket. And then you've got us sat neatly in the middle, able to host international cricket whilst retaining that um, that essence of being a well, family club, uh, for want of a better term. So I'm I'm confident that we've got the right man man for the job. I don't know if you agree with me, Steve. Yeah, I do completely. I've been. I was lucky enough to be invited to a press conference right at the start of lockdown, sort of first or second week of April, which was a bit intimidating because it was all the, the 
Cricketer and Times and Wisden and Telegraph and Kevin Howells from the BBC and me, which was a bit awkward, but anyway. But he, at that meeting, he impressed me. And he was like, I'm going to have to take tough decisions. We want to be playing cricket. I thought, yeah, like him. What I really liked in what he said as well was that, and this has impressed me when I've walked through the town, you see portraits of the players in shops, windows. He said that to him really shows that, you know, even if my childhood growing up, growing up, it was dad and I that went to the cricket and my grandmother lived with us. She knew, even in those days when you got the scores out of the Evening Post, the Bristol Evening Post and the Daily Paper, she knew what was going on. She was into all the Somerset players and I think a huge number of Somerset people, the Taunton people are in a way that you don't get anywhere else. You just don't, even Yorkshire. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're probably too tight to go to the cricket every day. Now they've got the live stream. Uh, now they've got the live streams going. Exactly. It, it's 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 just such a unique feeling when when you go to Taunton. Do you know what I mean? You know you're going to bump into somebody that you know, even if you've come you know 100 miles on the train by yourself. You you know where everything is. You, you just you just know that you're going to see somebody. You know, sit down and chat about cricket and have a great day. Unless you've got Alex Wolf County not ground. letting you play cricket against Essex. County cricket ground. You know, you go to home, I've been to home, I've been to Canterbury, I've been to Chelmsford. In the last couple of years, I've been to Old Trafford and Headingley quite a bit. They are stadiums and they are soulless, empty voids for championship games. You walk into Taunton and there's a buzz about it and there's, you know, you, you would expect a full house if we get near the championship next year or the year after that place will be rammed for the last few days absolutely and, and, and covid and social distancing permitting and that wouldn't happen anywhere else no i mean just going back it going back to what you said about this the soul these soulless stadiums just look at them at the uh, the international cricket that's been going on at the uh, at the aegeus bowl it just looks so sterile and this just mm. it's almost Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? This symmetrical uh, bowl where there's no there's no ends, there's no separate stands. It's just oh, give me Taunton yeah. any day. Give me Taunton any day. Absolutely. Someone who um, has managed to um, uh, release himself, shall we say, from the, from the charms of, of Taunton is uh, Jamie Overton, who uh, announced that he was off to Surrey at the end of the season uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've uh, I've basically heard that the the reason for that is he was offered um, a three year deal at, at the Oval rather than and we were only offering him a two year deal and obviously moving to Surrey there's going to be a bit more money as well. What did you make of that move, uh, Steve? Oh, I, I was really shocked when I heard it, and then when you do that, you you get over it and you sleep on it and you wake up the next morning and you think about it, which happened to be the first day of the Glamorgan game, so it was a dreadful timing. And then you actually think, mm, do you know, I can actually understand in a way. And I think I think there's two factors. Um, I think Daz Vaness has been a big influence because with all the injury problems and everything that Jamie's had, and I know how close the twins are were to Daz. You know, and I'm not going to accuse or disparage anything, but it would be logical to think they've kept in touch. Mm. Uh, and I think the fact that we sent back on loan to North Hans last year, which I have to say I think was a bad decision. I completely um, agree. I understand yeah. at the same time sending Dom up to Yorkshire so he could get first team cricket. But Brooks was 
at the start of that run of dodgy fitness he had where he played a game, missed a game, played a game, missed a game. Uh, and I think that really made Jamie feel that he was lower in the pecking order than he actually was. We called him back early, didn't we? Uh, but I think maybe the damage was done there. I think and it was. Cause we, did we wanting the new ball as well. Did he go back on loan? Because he came back to play the Royal London final. Did he go back on loan after that or did we... Did we keep? Uh, I can't remember. The Royal London final was in between the two games that he played on loan. I believe he played played one up at Old Trafford and then he played one home game. But then we called him back permanently. See, that must be a kick in the, kick in the tit. I nearly said bollocks then. Uh, kick in the teeth to to be man of the match in in a final for your county. You know, have this this fantastic moment at Lords and then be be shipped back up to Wanted Road again. Um, so you can kind of. We've all got to think about it, how we would feel in our jobs. Whatever job you do, if your boss came to you and said, You're doing a great job, but we want you to go and work for the opposition for three months or a month, and then we'll have you back, but don't worry, everything's fine. You know, you're going to feel a little bit. I'm and sure they. I'm sure JK and Harry and Tom Abel, the Brains Trust, did it for the right reasons, but quite an exception, I think, that it wasn't properly managed. Mm, and as, sure. as well, if you if you and as well if you perceive that you've been shipped out while the guy, a salesman, for example, isn't selling as much as you, you know, you think, well, I'm better than him. Why yeah. is he keeping him on? It's it's very difficult. I think the oval will suit him. I think the pitches there will suit him. Um, I wonder as well if um, not being one of the Overton twins at Somerset might be a factor as well, because I, I don't necessarily think he's yeah. in, in Craig's shadow not by a long shot but maybe just you know being independent not necessarily not independent of Craig but do you know what I mean just being being separate and and being able to play your own furrow at a different county I mean I'd, I'd love to see him play for England to be honest I'd love to see him play for Somerset and play for England I'd love to know how Jamie felt when Craig said to him well I'm signing a new three-year deal at Taunton mm. I bet there was a little bit of Jamie going hmm Mm, you know, but I, I just I I just wish him all the best because you know they have been the tremendous natural cricketers. Absolutely. Goodness knows what Mark Mark and Helen fed them. But you know you hear stories of the fourteen year old twins coming in and blasting hundreds and getting fivers and in the Instos first team. You know uh, North Devon's first team Insto, and you think wow they they are just. I just think it's again a joy to watch and you know being old and having a perspective on this you look back and you think they would have both of those would have walked into pretty much any Somerset team that I've watched since 1970. Absolutely especially now Craig's um, so Craig went to Ed Smith over the winter didn't he and um, he basically said um, what can I do to get an or was it last season when he's he basically sometime he spoke to Ed Smith and said what can yeah. I do to stay in the England team? You probably read the article in, in uh, I think it was the Cricketer, um, where he's talked yeah. about putting on a yard of pace and he's 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 delaying his load up to get that little bit of extra pace through as well. Um, and it's paying dividends. He's probably the best bowler in the uh, in the in all three groups of the Bob Willis Trophy at the minute. I think he's taken. I've got them here actually. Actually, their their stats are pretty much identical. Both Overton's taken fourteen wickets. Uh, Jamie at 12 and Craig at 12.07 um, and they've both taken a fifer. 
just two incredible bowlers. I think, um, like I say, we do wish Jamie uh, Jamie all, all the best at, at uh, Surrey, but we are uh, very, very sorry uh, to see him go. Um, but I'm sure we'll have a, a warm welcome is, when he comes back. you seen football talk, don't you, about being a destination club? Mm. You know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, well, maybe not Barcelona, no, but those clubs are a destination club that every player, any team would aspire to go to. And you, you on the playing side, you look and you say, Somerset must be a destination club. Look at our record over the last 10 years. We are without parallel championship cricket and not far off in one day cricket. But, but there's always the, you know, the, the hundred has an influence it clearly has an influence and that's a worry money is clearly an influence and that's perfectly fine if you know if somebody offers me more to do a day's work or a year's work than somebody else you think about it so let's not all be pious and go you know that shouldn't happen I, I, I just I've always liked some supporters for the fact that they are ours you know like I've been doing this thing um, keeping out give updated now Trigo's getting on you know mm. and he's out in the bowling he's out for one and hashtag Trigo watch and when Don Best was up at Yorkshire last year I was getting information from the BBC guy up there about how he was getting on and I think it's important that that's part of our ethos that they are still our players even when they're not our players and I think that means a lot and you know it's that it's influenced Lewis Gregory to stay it's influenced Craig to stay, that will influence Dom to stay or not, I think is a big question and it's a shame it didn't convince Joss to stay but you know, all in all we win more than we lose in that equation I think. Hmm, definitely um, yeah I'm sure Jamie will get a, a warm reception when he does uh, eventually return to the uh, the county Especially ground his brother when he comes out to bat I am. I am genuinely looking forward to watching that. Um, oh, those two yeah. bowling to each other. Um, I think that is going to be the very definition of fireworks. Um, I, with I with bat and ball. Last week, Ian, and I said at the end, please, when they get to the end of their careers, they need to do a joint autobiography, and I'll put my hand to the ring to write it because it's one of those things where I think the book it would be such a good book to write about the two of them together and bouncing mm. off each other. I think quite hard to write and get it right but if you did it right and did it properly wow what a story that would be especially if they both end up playing for England together which I hope they do I do as well I, th I think um, that would be something to behold both Overton's at, at, at Phil charging in at, uh, at, well it's not at the Wacker anymore is it? they don't play test cricket anymore another solar sta cricket stadium Steve uh, yeah, whatever it's called it, yeah it, what, what's it what's it called in Perth now it's the I don't know the some mobile phone company or something to sponsor it, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll have them. We'll have them tearing in at the Gabba. It's normally got a bit of pace there. We quickly mentioned. Um, you briefly mentioned Don Bess um, there, where we, we were talking about Jamie's strong rumours about him being off to uh, to Warwickshire. I've heard various various rumours from different people who say it's it's a, it's a done deal. I'm not sure how much. Um, um, how much weight to put on those but um, again another player who's been been put out on loan um, who isn't necessarily the, the first choice spinner down at Taunton although I, bizarrely he is he is for England I, I can quite work that one out them playing Leach uh, best ahead of Leach when the West Indies 
uh, had all those right-handers, and it was kind of Jack Leach's um, Jack Leach's place, if you like. It was his shirt, a bit similar to the, the Stuart Broad scenario. Um, kind of what typified me for, for Don Best and his frustrations is coming back from um, playing a couple of tests against Pakistan a couple of years ago, and then a week or so later being down at the Vale um, playing for the second team. Um, I think it might have been it might have been okay because it was it was blast time. But um, again, do you, do you think he's another guy who's getting frustrated down uh, down at Taunton? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a hard one because you can you can see the logic, um, and then of course you you throw back the Jamie Overton context and you think, you know, are we going to go down the route of playing two spinners going forward? No, we're not because one thing the new groundsman's going to be doing is making sure we don't go the wrong side of that no. line for a good while to come yeah every time we play um, we uh, we make a deck for two spinners that we get fine so yeah we probably won't be doing that for a little while no and Jack Leach can have bowl most county spinners on any surface I, th- I think the thing is Don Bess is, is genuinely a, a very useful batsman at championship level if he's given the opportunity and he's made some important runs and some big mm. stands in the past um, and when he went up to Yorkshire last year, he got into the 90s in one of their championship games. And he's a superb fielder. But then when it gets to blast time, Max Waller gets into mm-hmm. the side ahead of him. Um, we tried him a bit in the Royal London. That didn't go very well. So, you know, it's unfortunate. But I think, for, for again, being being objective for a minute, you want Don Best to do well. And if that means he has to go to Edgbaston or... I'm really surprised that Yorkshire aren't in for him because I know he was really popular at, up there mm-hmm. um, and they really turned on the charm offensive. They wanted him. And the fact that, that they really haven't got a spin at the moment, um, Maharaj filled in for the last mm-hmm. season when he was still going around trying to tick off as many counties as he can <laughs> in the career. Um, um, just really, whether it's a case that Bess wants to stay closer to his roots and his Devon roots and not go all the way up to Yorkshire I don't know but obviously Jason Patel's retired now hasn't he so yeah that's the that's a, the gap they want to fill isn't it yeah mm. yeah yeah I mean I do you remember that last day of the Essex game where we played the three Leach, Van der Merwe and Bess and Bess hardly bowled yeah. did he it, they yeah. just had the two lefties on taking the ball away from the right handers once Cook was out and I just kind of thought yeah. then this guy's played for England and he's not bowling to yeah. win us the championship. The What's going on? The home game before, he came on to bowl, bowled a couple quite poor overs and Tom Abel took him off. And you could see from his body language for a few overs that he didn't feel great about it. But but the thing is, he didn't, you know, he'll say this, he didn't bowl particularly well last season. Mm-hmm. It was, ironically, Jack's illness that got him back into the England squad. And then... He's, he's got the place and that's been the logic they picked on isn't it he's not done nothing wrong for England so they've kept him in the side um, but you know, surely they're going to give Jack Leach the last test so that would be cruelty beyond belief to leave him in that bubble for however many weeks and in the, yeah. I hope they do because we want him to be match fit to bowl for us at Worcester in a couple of weeks time. yeah definitely I think I've got on Twitter that Jack Leach is in that bubble just in case Don Best gets concussion from not bowling which again is it's another frustration for poor Don Bess. He doesn't bowl. He's played what yeah. two tests and ben, two tests where he hasn't ben bowled at all. The same, Ian. Ben Folks has been doing exactly the same case. Josh Butler gets concussion. That's all. 
yeah it's uh like i say we're, we're in yeah we're in we're in strange times and it and it, and it can't be helped obviously in in the old days which were last year we're referring to them as the old days now you just um jack leach will be playing quite happily for us in the championship and jump in a car up the m uh, um up the m4 if he was needed but now he's got to do their covid secure bubble he's got to be with the with the whole with the squad for the whole duration uh, which is frustrating, but what can we do? You could possibly argue that it's another ECB cons- conspiracy against Somerset to deprive us two of our best bowlers. I'm not going to say that at all, but you can draw your own conclusions, listeners. Yeah, and Surrey, who are pretty much bottom of the rankings in the Bob Willis Trophy, were probably the same back then, folks. So, you know, it's... It's, it's almost been a victim of success. The years and years, Ian, that we had one player before pre Botham, and I'm old enough to remember pre Botham. So there was a guy called Roy Virgin who used to have the batting for Somerset in the days when a thousand runs was the benchmark for a top county. And he got his thousand runs every year. Opening the batting with Mervyn Kitchen. He got picked as 12th man for the fifth test against somebody at the Oval once, didn't play. And you know, my dad would go on about that, and the England selectors don't give any notice to some of the players. And then, of course, we got both of them, and we lost him, and Brian Rose dipped in and out, etc. Big marks obviously played quite a lot for England. Now, when you look at how many players we've got in the winters who were away with England, England Lions, or the under-19s, or the development squad, it's, it's a fantastic achievement. And, mm. I'd much rather, you know, do that and see these youngsters come. I was quite looking forward to the, the Royal London Cup just because the thought of seeing Ben Green and Casey Aldridge and, you know, the likes, mm. Lewis Goldsworthy, Tom Lamanby, Byron and people like that playing, the ones who hadn't got oh, Byron got a hundred contract if you don't know, He did get a hundred contract, yeah, seeing, I was surprised at that. Seeing but... those players playing. Because mm. I was actually thinking, do you know what? I reckon our youth team would beat most other counties' youth teams. I think it's something we've got to accept. It's just you see Lewis picked and you think, yeah, he's going to go and bowl in the nets and carry the drinks again. Mm. Why didn't they give him the game that last game of the last season against Ireland? What was to lose there? No idea. They lost that game anyway, didn't they? Um, Yeah, I mean, it was because in the T20s he played out in New Zealand, he hardly bowled, didn't he? I think they... They wanted him in the side of somebody who could bowl, and what was he batting seven eight? And I think no, just what I'll come in and whack a whack forty off seventeen balls if you can, Lewis. You might bowl, you might not, and he's a better player than that, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, and I think it's it's the you know it's the price you pay for being a successful club, and you know we have the advantage we've got Devon and Cornwall. We mm. can bring, we've got this huge catchment area, which sort of makes up for our lack of population compared to a lot of the counties. And if if Steve Snell and the academy are doing it right, and Jason Kerr's getting it right, bring it through to the first team, we want a good number of those players to go on and play for England because then the ones coming through, or, you know, we got Banton out under the noses of Worcestershire and Warwickshire, didn't we? He mm. came to Somerset because he saw a pathway. And if you do that and you encourage right. players to go off and play for England and do it with good grace, you'll get better youngsters coming through. I absolutely agree. They, they in fact, made that official, didn't they? They signed those memorandums of, of, un, of what memorandums of understanding with, with yeah. um, Devon and Cornwall. Um, was it during, that, during the Essex game, wasn't it? The first or second day? Yeah, I think so. They were yeah. doing loads that day. They were giving Marcus all his pictures and signing all these 
these contracts and memorandums of understanding uh, out in front of the uh, the Colin Atkinson Pavilion. It was a busy old day. They weren't playing any cricket because it was raining. No, no, don't listen. Let's not be bitter. So, we're going to play them lot on Saturday. Um, are you going to keep the same side, Steve? If Bartlett comes back in, I'm, I'm rejigging it. But then, if, if despite my Banton preferences we discussed earlier, if Jason Kerr's going to stick to his guns, I wonder whether he might drop Roloff. Well, he's hardly bold, is he? You think he's bold seven or eight overs maybe over the th over the three games it's not really been a, a traditional august has it where you you expect baking hot sun to uh, to dry the pitches out over the over the four days of a game and you know you spin it to come into to play on the last innings it's been for me Bart, he's been a, a fit bar that has to come back into the side so you then either have to break up the opening partnership and move one of davis able or banton up to open or you have to make a really hard decision and maybe say to Banton, you're not playing in this game, Barton's playing instead. You go off and practice your white ball stuff ready for going to England. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, again, knowing Jason Kerr from, from how he behaves and reputationally, I don't think he will break up the opening partnership. So I think that, that could be what happens. Uh, but they'll, they'll want to keep, if they can, keep that full problem seam attack because that's that's going to be too hot I mean they were bowling at three quarter throttle in that friendly game they were too hot for Gloucester so yeah. you know I, I, I do think we will be weather permitting we will be too strong for them so you're bringing in Bartlett for Vandermeer if he's fit um, yeah yeah I can't see any problem with that I think that's probably the way I'd go as well um I would say see you there, Steve, but obviously we're uh, we are unable to go to the ground. Um, I don't think you can even stand on the on the the bridge and watch the game through the gap between the Atkinson Pavilion and the Botham stand because I think there's an extended um, tarpaulin yeah. slash sight screen there now. Put a panel up, haven't they? Yeah, um, I have looked to see if any of the retirement flats are on Airbnb. They aren't. Uh, I don't think any of them are up for sale. I'm. I'm 41, so I'm a little bit too young to uh, to buy one, and I don't think my wife would be too happy uh, <laughs> if I did anyway. So um, we're going to be uh, going to be on the live stream. Um, have you, what do you make of that now? It's, it's, David, it's been improved, hasn't it? I, you, you know, um, I think um, yeah, Ben's done a really good. And, and compared to Warwickshire, I didn't didn't watch much of the Northampton game. I listened to the Northampton game, um, but I thought the Warwickshire live stream was pretty much Somerset of two years ago mm -hmm. um, with sort of two fixed cameras and the odd random shot from they seem to have more better shots when they were trying to get the water off the outfield yesterday than they did during the whole game and there was no replays either which is quite frustrating but certainly what Ben Warren's done um, I was listening to a, another podcast about he was on there talking about what they have to do during the game and wow talk about multitasking Ian. there's a lot to be done there but the quality of what's produced is outstanding not technical content and the way it's all stuck together um interestingly i did hear that they they are if they go forward and it, it gets a bit more commercialized which is obviously a bit more advertising because it's either that or they try and 
get non-members to pay a subscription and put it mm-hmm. behind a paywall, they may not be able to use the BBC commentary because of commercial issues. So um, whether they would then have to get their own commentary team, I don't know how they'd get around that, but that's a, a trade-off that apparently they're having to do, all the counties are having to deal with at the moment. Oh, that would be a real shame. Lancashire, Lancashire, who allegedly are in more debt than most of the other clubs, they have a seven-camera setup that goes home and away. Yeah. That sounds like so, that sounds like it needs a coach in itself uh, for all that camera gear as well as the, as the, as the yeah. players and their kit. Yeah, but it is it is outstanding and it's and it's really well followed. Um, we got more more views per day of the Glamorgan game than Essex got for the whole game. I think the whole we four days of their first game. We won an award as well, didn't we? A couple of years ago, the best UK yeah. sports social media club. It's probably got a yeah. catchier name than that, but. Uh, yeah, including all the Premiership football, uh, all the all the the Premiership rugby, everything, and, and we yeah. and we won it. So, yeah, they guys do an excellent job. Um, and it's, an, it's a lifeline for all of us at the moment, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't I really don't know what we'd uh, what we do without it, and Zoom as well, which means we can be uh, be doing this tonight. Yeah, good old Zoom. Good old Zoom. It's how we're living our lives now. Um, I'm pretty much done, Steve. Have you got anything else? Um, yeah. No, no. I think, I think we've uh, we've galloped through a lot tonight, mate. I just let's just finish with a let's give that team from Bristol a damn good thrashing over the weekend, which I'm sure we'll all hope for, and then we can come back on here and gloat in the very near future. Absolutely. I'm not going to even look at the weather forecast because um, the ones I've seen so far aren't too clever for the weekend. But hopefully, it'll be brightening up, um, and hopefully, we can, uh, like I say, give that team from Bristol a uh, a damn good thrashing. Just before we go, did you see um, Ben's reply to the Gloucester tweet today? No. It, oh, it was... Um, so Gloucester Gloucester put up, it's World Photography Day. What's your favourite Gloucester cricket photograph? And Ben put up that picture of Tim Granveld and uh, uh, Jamie Overton hugging after that uh, ridiculous uh, run chase in the uh, in that one-day game a few years ago. So well played, Ben. Uh, this is turning into the... Uh, this is turning into the Ben Warren podcast, so... Uh, um, we we better go before we uh, before Ben's head uh, starts getting a, a bit too big. Steve, it's been great having you on. Um, apologies for the forty five minutes technical uh, setup trying to get us uh, all connected up through Zoom so we could record, but uh, I think it's been worth it. And we will see you next time on Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Somerset Podcast. We're Facebook dot com slash Somerset Podcast. And if you want to drop us an email, we are the somerset podcast at gmail.com but for steve tancock i'm ian shepherd and thank you very much for listening